of my element as far as uh, the sermon format. But uh, we will still do the best we can to let the devil know whose side we on when it's all over. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. Let me read that again. Now, in case you're wondering who the, he, the him and the he is, it's Christ. For it became him for whom are I, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things. For him are all things, and by him are all things. I like that. Amen. I don't have a sermon, but I believe I can preach right there in a minute. In bringing, I like this, many sons unto glory. Now, you ladies who are here, you may be of a female gender, but he is talking about you too. Yeah, the children of God. In bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Now tonight, I want to take that little word, captain. I want to take you to three places in the Bible to where that word is used. And uh, I want to show you through the definition of that word some application in the Word of God on this word, captain. It is interpreted through a word and defined through a word, A-R-C-H-E-G-O-S, archegos or archegos. And that's the Hebrew word here, or the Greek word rather here, in Hebrews 2 and 10 for the word captain. It means pioneer. It means offer. The author and finisher of our faith. It means founder. It means first and foremost. It means, did I tell you, pioneer. It means trailblazer. Yes, sir. It means trailblazer. Now, I am going to take some of these Definitions for just a moment. We won't be long. And we're going to talk about these definitions according to Scripture. And as we talk about, He's my captain. Say that with me. He's my captain. I'm not running my life. There's a, you can have a seat. There's a whole lot of things tonight. I'd do different if I was the captain of my life. There's a whole lot of things would change if I was to take the reins out of his hand and put them in mine. But I want to make a statement and say it again. I'm not running my life on my agenda or my schedule. <laughs> Somebody said the other day that they was praying for me, and I appreciate that always. They said, that preacher is neck deep 
in that church work over there, he better be careful. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you when you need to be careful, when you ain't neck deep in whatever you're doing. Preaching all the time, working all the time, don't he know that all work and no play makes Larry a dull boy? No. I think I'll just let the captain run the ship and let everybody on board say what they want to. Because last time I checked, I wasn't answering to everybody floating with me. Somebody says, that old boy's so heavenly minded, he ain't no earthly good. I ain't never met that old boy. And I promise you this, if you would say that, you just interested in the world and the earthly truth. But God's Word says, He's our captain. Now this word captain refers to something, listen to this, someone who does something that someone else enters into or benefits from. Let me say that again so you can be with me and I won't have to drag you through this sermon. It simply means it refers to someone who does something that someone else enters into or benefits from. Now, there's three places that this word is used or this word is defined in a first cousin word that means the same thing in its definition. Let me give you the first one. He's going to put on the screen up here the first point is a family. And I want you to see this. The captain that is used in this portion of Scripture that I read to you is one. Now listen, here's the characteristic of one who does something so that someone else can enter into it. He is a person who creates a place or he creates an atmosphere for someone who does not have relationship, someone who does not have uh, the comfort of family or relationship, and he, he suffers through paying the debt to have that relationship established so that the one that enjoys the relationship does not have to suffer. If you look in the portion of the second chapter of the book of Hebrews, you'll find out that the contextual study there is talking about the suffering of the Lord Jesus and how He suffered as our captain and He did it so we who were orphaned we who were estranged from God could be brought into a relationship without having to go through the suffering ourselves. Somebody help me give him a little praise and a little bit of glory right there. I said, he's the captain of my salvation. When I was on the street, and when I was homeless, and when I was a derelict, drifting to 
and fro. God looked on my poor soul, looked on my desperate heart, looked on the emptiness of my vacuum experience, and He said, I will enter into a captain contract with Him, and I'll bring Him into a family that I suffered for, so He won't have to suffer to be a part of that family. Look at Ephesians, uh, if you will, please, with me. Chapter 3, is it, Brother Newton? Chapter 3 and verse 14 and 15. As soon as he gets that up there, uh, we will look at it. One of you boys got it? Have you got it? Which one's got it? Brother Newton is in a coma in the back, and he will be immediately replaced by one of you boys up here, if you don't stand, that's good. Now tell me, look yonder. Turn around and read it off that screen, son. Read it. Listen. Do it again. Of whom the whole family whether they've gone on to glory or they're here, they are named. I'm glad the captain of my soul came to where I was when I was a vagabond without hope and without help and without strength and without stamina and without any ability to go on. I want to thank God and the Lamb forevermore that I am a part of the family of God. Now, I want to I wanna stop long enough to say this. You don't get in the family uh, by water. If that's the case, let's get the hose out and get out on Martintown Road and wash them all down between now and morning. Are you listening? You can't come into the family because you stop smoking and start singing. Uh-uh. No, no. You can't come into the family because you say, I want to be a church member or a part of a local assembly. No, that's religion. If that's all you got, you ain't got enough to keep you. I promise you that. But when the blood of the Lord Jesus, who suffered for me, cleans me up and puts me in the family, ain't nothing you or nobody else can do to get me out of the family. How many of you are glad tonight that you're a part of the family of God? (laughs) You'll notice we say brother and sister around here. You know why? That's because we're all family and each one, each one is so dear. (laughs) 
And from the least to the greatest, from the largest to the small, thank God, I'm glad to know that through the Lord Jesus and through His suffering and shed blood, we're part of the family of God. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been approached by this captain of our salvation and had him extend to you a warm invitation to be a family member of the king? If you did, I hope you accepted. Because if you're not in the family of God... Pickings are slim as to the real family you belong to. There's not but two. Figure it out. <laughs> and, and the Scripture teaches us and tells us that we have been brought into the family, put into, engrafted into the body of Christ. That's why my life changed. That's why my cussing fits. That's why my, uh, my, 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 my life style changed. Not because I joined a Baptist. You can join a Baptist church all day long. And you ain't going to change enough to ever impress God. But when that blood of the suffering Lamb of God saves us. Now, 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 now by way of application, come to Him if you haven't. Give up on this fact that you can do something for somebody and impress him. Or be more for God and he'll take me in. No, no. No, 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 no. You know what would be sad? To be the Pope. I believe, I, I honestly believe, I got to believe this. I'm sorry, but I got to believe this. I, 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 I may be criticized for saying this, but I got to say it. I believe that old man is probably a good man. I, 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 I know that he's not much of a sinner because he can't hardly walk. I mean, if he does much, it's in his mind only. Can I get a witness? And that looked a little feeble the last time I seen him. Help him, Lord. Right now, there's a big stir in the Catholic Church. I mean, a great chasm on who's in charge. Yeah, they don't know who's who the papacy will fall on, and who is the authority. You see, I have one thing on them. I have one who never... I do not have one that will stroke out on me. I don't have one who will deteriorate on me. I don't have one that will fall out on me. I'm glad I have a Savior. Salvation. Praise God, I'm going to buy my own tape. I like it. Huh. Number two. Not only does he bring us in as family members, but he gives us a future. Joshua 5 15, at 14 and 15. There was a man, Joshua, and them about to, you know the story, I preached on it uh, Sunday night. Old Joshua was, 
Uh, they crossed the, the Jordan. The Bible says the water that came down uh, from the north heaped up. Heaped up. I didn't know these, these words was in the Bible. I thought a heap was redneck for a lot. But it's in the Bible. God must have had some redneck philosophy. And the Bible says the water was on a heap. It heaped up. And then it says, and when they were clean over. Clean over. Said it twice. When they were clean. We used to say he was clean gone when I got there. When they was clean over. The water came back down in the riverbed. And the Bible says all them Jews walked over on dry ground. You know, Joshua got over there and they was fixing to go to Jericho. That's chapter 4, 3 and 4. And then 5, the last verse uh, in there, uh, 14, 15. It says, he said, old Joshua saw a man standing over there with his sword drawn out. <laughs> and Joshua said, are you with us? Are you against us? Now, that's not what it says, but if I was writing it, that's what it said. Are you first? Are you against us? I like what that old boy said. Nay. Neither. <laughs> he said, I'm not here for you to tell me nothing. And I'm not here to let them do anything to you. He said, I'm here to run this outfit. I'm here to run this show. He said, I am captain of the Lord's host. I've been sent here to take care of you. Now, that word captain there is the word derived in the English to mean trailblazer. I like that. He said, I am the trailblazer of the Lord. That means I'm captain of the Lord's host. And here... Here was one thing. I, I like what that old writer said about this captain of the Lord's host. He was not one who simply gave orders. Oh, no, 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 no. He went out front, turned around and said, Come on, boys. It's clear up to here. He gave orders from the front line. Not the back line pushing his children into war. In other words, he's a trailblazer. I'm liking this pretty good tonight, boys. I'm glad y'all talked me into this. Praise God. He's the trailblazer. What does that mean, preacher? That just simply means you won't never have to go nowhere. You won't never have to. Y'all better listen to this. Y'all won't never have to do nothing. Y'all won't never have to concoct anything. Y'all won't never have to conjure up something. You ain't ever got to wonder what God's going to do when God sends you somewhere. He'll be there saying, Come on! Am I right about it? He's a trailblazer. Put my, put my Isaiah verses up there for me, son, if you will. 
I'm glad I'm serving and walking with a God who said this, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. And I'll tell you what, he'll deal with crooked people too. He said, I will make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in half in sunder the bars of iron. Now, I'm going to give you that in North Augusta, Augusta cotton patch, watermelon language. You ain't never got to worry about what's going to be there when I tell you where to go. Because when you get there, I will have already been there, and I will have already dealt with what was there when I got there. And if there's bars there that need breaking, I'll break them. If there's gates there that need busted, I'll bust them. And he said, if the way is crooked, when you get there, son, it will be straight. I had... 400 people at the last service, 390-something, they told me, at Broad Street night when I resigned. I had, I had never seen a bunch of... Uh, I, I'm trying to find a word that's nice. It ain't one. I'll just move on. I, I had never seen people act like these people acted. Um, I, I'm talking about pitiful when it came to the things of God. Well, they were just lost and didn't know nothing about God. That was the biggest problem. But uh, somebody who did trying to do something, they created absolute havoc. And God was building the church. God was blessing the church. And you know, He'll do that even in the midst of some old mealy mouth complainer. Can I get a witness? Yeah, he will. He will. And he'll shut them down before it's over and shut them up. And God told me two weeks before this night that it was winding down. You say, how did you know? You don't have to ask nobody that. When it's done, they know. I mean, when you finish with something, you know you're done with it. When there ain't no more water in the glass and you're still thirsty, you say, I'm finished. With this glass. And there I was, and the Holy Spirit of God spoke to me and told me Diane was in the hospital, had been for about 10 or 12 days, uh, lost two children, went through all kinds of problems and difficulties, and that will hang over somebody's head in judgment. And God said, I gave them a chance, and they resisted it. And now I have rejected the place. What are you going to do? I said, I ain't staying or riding in no saddle where Ichabod is pulling the weight. And I, that church right now is vacated, empty, void, and selling secondhand clothes. It's not even a ministry. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost walks out the door. And I'm not saying that to nobody's discredit. You run, tell all you want to, to anybody you want to tell it to. I'm not saying anything against anybody's character. I said they was lost. 
Saved folks have saved characteristics. Lost folks are complainers and devious and deceitful. Go around behind somebody's back and try to tear up God's manufacturing of revival. I promise you, your name's on a roll, but it ain't heavenly. There I was. I got up and read that resignation. And the next two weeks, I stayed till they got him a preacher and got him in place. And he asked me what I thought, and I told him, but he went on anyway. It killed him. He don't preach anymore. He quit. And two weeks later, I walked out that front door, and for 11 weeks, I prayed, God, what? And everybody said, you don't resign till you have another church. I said, probably I've went against all the rules and I've went against all the order. But I can't stay where I'm freezing to death with no coat. And I left. I'd do it again. Because most of the people telling you what to do ain't never done nothing. Check them. They all got an opinion, but so did they have a nose. And I followed God. And it ain't never rational. And two weeks later, I walked out and for 11 weeks I prayed, Oh God, what do you want me to do? I was sidetracked by an opportunity. Sometimes when you're in the valley of decision, you can get a curveball thrown at you. A sidetrack. Great opportunity, but not the will of God. God said, I want you to start... I mean, in Blackville, South Carolina, sitting at a red light, it turned green twice. Diane said, you're not going to Charleston, are you? Brother Chad and I was down there for a basketball tournament just recently. On Saturday morning, we played at 1 o'clock that day. We got up early and ate breakfast, and I took Chad out to the church. That called me to come down there. Preached six times down there. had 51 saved. You say, sound like God's will to me. If you judge God's will by the output of your ability, you could be better than you think you are. I said I was listening for the Spirit. I had 400 down there, had 500 down in the, the Hillcrest Baptist Church in Charleston on Ashley Phosphate Road. And God said, I want you to start preaching in your house. Now, you can't get 400 in no man's living room. I don't care, unless it's the governor's mansion. You can't put 400. You can't put 500. I done walked out of two congregations and preached my first sermon to nine. Nine. I'll never forget it. The singing was atrocious. It was God. God didn't even come to the meeting until after the singing. I felt him move in a little bit when I opened the Bible. No music, nothing. We just stood in there and sounded like absolute, helpless believers. <laughs> Nine of us. And I just started preaching. And the devil slid up next to me and said, You have made the biggest mistake of your life. 500 shouting down yonder, 400 over yonder thinks you've lost your mind. And here you've got nine. Show me God in this. And then there was 14, and then there was 25, 
And we moved out to the garage and taped the door, pulled the door down in the garage, taped it. I went to 38 there. Then there was, honey, there was 44 or 5. And, and then 50 came. We thought, a Billy Graham crusade. And then you came. The other day, I was sitting in the churchyard on Ashley Phosphate Road. Building hadn't changed a lick. Dunn had over 13 preachers gone through there. Had moved, hadn't done. Matter of fact, they had 25 acres on one side of the church they was going to build on. It was sold to an apartment complex. Little old church sitting there. Wasn't the size of that one down there. Sitting right there on the, just exactly, baby, like it was that day when I was a kid. And the Spirit of God said, It would have been your worst move. But I was your best one. You see, I owe all I am to that trailblazer. <laughs> Because he, the captain of my soul, kicked everything out of the way that was a problem and a trouble and a disturbance and said, Come on, son! <laughs> and he's still kicking stuff out of the way. And he's still leading the way. If you believe the captain of our salvation... Is, is still that trail blazing Jesus. Would you give Him a praise tonight? <laughs> Mickey uh, started the church where he's at. I preached over there two or three, four times, I guess. Since they've been over there a couple of times in their new facility, nice, large auditorium, Sunday school complex, sitting right in a corner piece of property that the devil told him he'd never have. When this wall was up, and this wasn't even here, and I was standing in the middle preaching those services when you was here, you sat right over here in the front pew and thought, it's done, it's over, I'll... Never do much. Until the captain of your salvation sat down beside you and said, I'm a trailblazing friend. How would you like to run with me? And old Mickey hooked up with him again. And praise God, they just been going down the trail. And that crowd's still serving Jesus. <laughs> Where was I in these notes? I done spit all over them. They done all blurred together. I can't even read much of the Bible. But I'm going to give you that third one. Ah, a facility. Ah, in my father's house or many mansions, if it wasn't, were not so, I would have told you. Right here it is. I go to prepare. That word prepare is a kin word to this word captain. In other words, it is the productivity or the doing thereof of the captain's hand. 
it links itself back to this word. And it just simply means that this captain, not only did he make a way for one without a family to be brought in and to have relationship, not only did he blaze the trail, but he would take a portion of the city for someone who might not have ever enjoyed much, and he would fix it up, and then they would be invited out to stay with him, not to live with him, but stay with him. And he would stay with him in that fixed up area, in that facility. And he would wine him and dine him and bless him and be good to him because he suffered to pay for it. And he suffered for it to exist. And he would not let him live there. And boy, the, the concordance was strict right here. And, and, and the study was stringent right here. He did not come there to stay or to live. He came there to visit in that house with that captain who created a facility that would be nicer than he'd ever been in so he could experience the joy of life at the end of his. We're not going to heaven to stay. No, we're going for seven years at the Bema Seat Judgment of God, and we're going to feast at the Lamb's Supper Table, and we're going to have a great time. But there is a thousand-year reign that the Bible talks about, and we're going to come back riding white horses. Hallelujah! And we're going to rule and reign for a thousand years. And I'm going to be mayor of North Augusta. Y'all better treat me right. But he would go and he would prepare a place for a visit soon. A facility that was used for a specific special time. <laughs> and he would, that captain of the Lord's host was the preparer thereof. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know the Lord tonight, you have one great expectation waiting on you that is like none other you have ever been associated with. And that's that transformation from this body unto a brand new one. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall not all sleep. Hallelujah. But we're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds of glory. Some golden daybreak. Jesus will come. Somebody give the captain of the Lord's host a hand tonight. Our Father, how can I say thanks in such a way that would be appropriate? When I was an orphan, when I was homeless, when I was helpless, when I was without strength, without abode, without facility, 
without love and without compassion. How can I say thanks for the things you've done for me? That would be adequate to come close to what we've said tonight about your ability. I come and ask you tonight to receive thanks from all of us for bringing us into the family of God. I am so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain and cleansed by His blood. I'm joined air with Jesus as I travel the sod. Praise God. I'm a part of the family of God. And I want to thank you, Lord, for being a trailblazer. That's my captain. <laughs> Look at us tonight. Living in high cotton. Rejoicing. Brother Brother Mickey has got to. Miss Sue has got to. He's sitting there thinking, I've never had it any better than I got it now. It's all because God went out yonder where we could not go and fixed it for us to come to Him. And I'm standing tonight in my destiny. I'm living in the will of God for my life. Nobody ever going to change that. Nobody's going to defeat that. Nobody's going to ever discourage that. Except me. I control that along with you. Nobody else has a say-so. Nobody else has a shot at messing it up. Nothing they can do. It's signed, sealed, and will be delivered soon. But I sure am glad to know tonight that you brought me to a place I never dreamed and never thought that I could come to. And then I'm so glad for that, that facility that that captain would fix in the little corner of the town. And he'd invite the one who had nothing out to be a part of staying a while, but not to live. <laughs> he didn't let him live there because there was so much more in store. Now, Holy Ghost... Let us rejoice over the captain of our soul tonight. I wonder how many of you get up out of your seat. You come in a rejoicing mode, you'd come in a happy spirit. Kneel around this altar and you'd forget about church, forget about religion, forget about pews, forget about this jive and junk. And you'd come and kneel down and say, Thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. Some of us need to get God back in our salvation, back in our relationship, back in our church going, back in our praying, back in our giving. We need to get Jesus back in the first place.